Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, Jane and I are not around this weekend. We're up in Manchester, uh, a family event taking place this weekend. But great to be with you in all congregations, Horsham, Crawley, Burgess Hill and Worthing today. Brilliant. Now, I don't know about you, but I am really enjoying what God is doing with us at this time. It's both encouraging and challenging in terms of sharing our life, sharing our faith and sharing Jesus. We're all on a journey. We're all on an adventure. We're doing this launch and learn which is uh, kind of launching into what God's saying. We're going to learn on the way rather than trying to plan everything and perfect everything. I know for some of us that does our heads in a bit, but you know we're going to learn on the way as we just respond and do whatever God is saying to us. Now, before we jump into this week's part of sharing Jesus and what that's going to look like, I want to give you a few minutes round your tables and in your homes to... Look back over the last five weeks since we've been unpacking sharing your life, sharing your faith and sharing Jesus, okay? With lots of practical stuff. There's been so much practical teaching, loads of conversations going on with one another. And look back over the last five weeks, what has this looked like for you? What steps have you taken? What things have you done in relation, in response to what we've been saying. What steps have you taken so far? So I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that. Chat around your tables, maybe in twos, in threes, or if you're at home, obviously with whoever you're with at home, and uh, we'll come back in a few minutes. Brilliant. Uh, Hopefully that was really helpful, just hearing from one another, just maybe some of the goals you set and steps you've taken, uh, conversations you've had, people you spent time with in different ways over the last few weeks. And one of the reasons we're doing this together is that helps all of us to say, well, if we're all in this together, that helps me to maybe step over the line and do something I haven't done before or have a conversation with somebody, or spend some time with somebody, invite them around, whatever it is. I just want to keep encouraging, let's continue to respond to all that God is saying. It's always best to to respond to God in the now rather than waiting, because when we wait, we often don't get around to it. But let's keep being responsive to all that God is saying. Let's encourage and champion one another in continuing to to do that. Now, last week, we spent a little bit of time looking at uh, who others think Jesus is and then who Jesus is to us, okay? And along with that, we began to kind of describe him to others, what that might look like, how we might do that, how we would describe Jesus to others in terms of our own experience of who he is to us. And we also began to share a little bit about how do we get into other people's wavelengths in that sense and, and talk Jesus in a language that people can understand? Okay, so that they're not thinking on one wavelength and we're operating on a completely different one. But how can we put to the wavelength that somebody is on the, word, the life and the words of Jesus into that wavelength? Okay, so we want to continue to unpack that in different ways uh, today. And so what we're going to start with this, to, this morning is 
We've looked at who others think Jesus is, who we say Jesus is because of who he is in our lives. But now we're going to look at what does the Bible actually say or who does the Bible say that Jesus is and how can we begin to tell others about Jesus in relation to what the Bible says okay, about him. Now, we know there are loads of opinions as to who Jesus was and is from many different sources whether from other faiths or religions or from people of no faith, uh, from social media, from all the different aspects of life that we interact with. There's loads of different opinions, okay? So the best place to actually discover and know who Jesus is, is to actually go to the original source, which we all know is the Bible, okay? Uh, why do we want to go there? Because Really, there's a war of words that is going on out there trying to shape and redefine life and culture and society. And, and a lot of the talk is, uh, so what is truth? And what is my truth? And who is truth? And who's right and who's wrong? And all that kind of stuff. And without a plumb line in our lives, um, we won't have a reference point of actually what and who truth really is. And so for the believer, for those who are Christians, that the true plumb line for their lives as to who Jesus is, uh, is obviously the Bible, okay? Now, words are really powerful and words are really important. So how the Bible describes who Jesus is, is, is very powerful and, and it defines some things as we're going to unpack this morning. Now, who does the Bible say Jesus is then? Now, there are more than 70 different ways that the Bible specifically describes who Jesus is, okay? Now, here are just a few of them. Uh, the Bible describes Jesus as the King of Kings, uh, as the Lord or the Healer. He's the Deliverer. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Author of Life. Jesus is the Light of the World. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the High Priest. He's our Apostle. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the eternal one. He's the faithful witness. He's the head of the church. Uh, he's the righteous judge. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the teacher. He's a friend. He is the wisdom of God. He is the word made flesh. He's the wonderful counselor. We could go on and on and on, but there's loads of different ways that the Bible describes who Jesus is, okay? Now, the name of Jesus itself, which many of you are going to know, means salvation or saviour, okay? So the word Jesus is salvation, saviour. So that tells us the essence, okay, of who Jesus was and is and why he came, okay? Now, we're just going to look and, and a few verses that the way different people described who Jesus is. So let's start with the angel that appeared to the shepherds. Uh, and uh, the, we know that story around Christmas time. But in Luke 2, verses 10 and 11, the angel says this to the, to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Okay, So an angel describes Jesus as good news, great joy, a saviour has been born to you. Now, Jesus himself then describes who he is. Luke 19, 10, Jesus said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save 
what was lost. So he describes himself as the son of man. Now, he was speaking in Aramaic, okay? Now, the people understood in their language, in that, in that particular language, when he used the phrase son of man and the way in which he said it, it meant that he was referring to himself or hinting very, very strongly to himself as being the Messiah, okay? So he was speaking very much at the wavelength they were and he said something that says, hey, I'm, I'm basically the Messiah, okay? Which is a powerful thing to say, which got their attention. So he described himself in that way. In John 14, six, he says this, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, huge statement, both then and now because of all the different beliefs and, and, thing, and, and gods they worshipped then, he was making a very clear statement, and in our culture today, very clear statement, because of a lot of the tensions and contentions there are as to what is truth and who's truth, okay? But he is making a definitive statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God the Father except through me. Then John 11, 25 and 26, he says this to Martha after her brother Lazarus had died. He said this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he says, do you believe this? So again, big statement, I am the resurrection and the life. He's basically saying, I am the eternal life. And when somebody believes in me, even though they physically might die, they will live forever with me. And, uh, and, and he's also talking about that when we repent of our sin, okay, that uh, we enter into this eternal life. That, that when we, we die to sin, die to our old life, we then enter a new life with him. We're gonna live forever with him, okay? That's, now, John the Baptist, he describes Jesus like this. In John 1, 29, when he saw Jesus coming towards him, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he talks about the Lamb. In that context, he means Lamb's gonna be a sacrifice and the people would have understood that because of their religious culture, understanding the scriptures. Here's the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God who takes away the sin of the world. Again, big statement, and we'll come back to some of this in a moment. In, in what you're going to talk about. People dis then, then Peter describes Jesus in this way in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went round doing good and healing all that were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So there's some powerful statements by the angel, by Jesus, by John the Baptist and by Peter, okay? Now we're going to start with one of those statements and then go on to a couple of others afterwards. The first one we're gonna pick up is what, the, what John the Baptist says, that Jesus the Lamb takes away the sin of the world. Now, the word sin is, is not a particularly popular word in our culture or one that is used a lot in, in, uh, in our modern culture. And even the Oxford Dictionary have removed it from uh, its, <laughs> itself and particularly from the, the youth dictionary, uh, move, removed the word sin a few years ago, saying that it was no longer relevant uh, or used by young people. Therefore, we just take it out. And so the Oxford Dictionary says sin is irrelevant. And we don't, you know, it's like, you know, so that's quite an interesting thing that they've, they've done. So 
in sharing Jesus, sin is going to come in somewhere or other in terms of how you describe what Jesus has done for us uh, or the fact that people need to repent. Or somebody might ask you, so, so what is sin or what do you think sin is or whatever. So what I want to do is give you a little bit of time, again in twos and threes, and in very everyday language, I want you to try and describe to each other, so what is sin? How would you describe sin to someone that doesn't know Jesus, okay? How would you describe sin to someone that doesn't know Jesus, okay? And we'll come back in a few minutes. Great, okay, so hopefully you've been able to share a little bit about what sin is. Now, let's just quickly then look at what does the Bible say sin is? 1 John 3 verse 4, it says here, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So there's a lot in that one verse, okay, about... Um, sin, what sin is, that it's lawlessness and um, Jesus come to take away sin and in him there is no sin. So that says a lot about who Jesus is, okay? And, and whoever comes into him and knows him does not keep on sinning, uh, isn't controlled by sin any longer. So here's a few statements I've just written down as to how I might describe sin to someone, okay? Sin is any thought, action or behaviour okay, that is in violation to who God is, uh, what he says uh, in terms of not to do. Sin is doing something that is contrary, that is opposite to the nature and character of God. Uh, the actual meaning of sin is to miss the mark, okay, is to miss God's mark, God's intention. Sin is acting independently from God. Sin is acting or behaving in a way that does not conform with God's character or commands. So basically, sin is doing anything independently of God, all right? So I don't know what kind of conversations you've had, but it's really important that we understand what sin is and be able to explain that in a really simple way to someone when we're saying, so they might say, so what is sin? Now, they might ask you, so what things are sin? And then you get into more specifics, okay, uh, in terms of that. Now, there's too many specifics to, to get into now, okay. Um, but basically, sin is anything that is, is acting independently from God. So even Adam and Eve taking a bite of fruit doesn't sound like a major issue, but they acted independently from God. Therefore, that brought separation from them, okay? So hopefully you've got a little bit of a handle on how you're going to communicate sin to someone in, in a conversation. So let's move on because that bit's going to help you in a few minutes when we come back to what we're going to do next. Now, often what's talked about is the gospel is the good news. The angel described good news has come, the Saviour has been born. So Jesus describes himself as the one who's come to seek and to save what was lost. Okay, he's going to come and deal with sin. Um, Mark 1 verse 15 says this, Jesus came with this message, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. 
So the good news is that Jesus came to do something for us, something positive for us. We often, when we share the gospel, start with sin. Well, we're, you know, we need Jesus because we're all sinners. Whereas actually Jesus started, well, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is here. I've come to give you something, okay, in order to come into this kingdom, repent and believe the good news, all right? So the good news, Jesus came. Now, in our culture, the word kingdom is, is maybe not as understood as it was to the Jews back in that time with Jesus. They would have had a much better understanding of kingdom because they knew the scriptures. They'd been taught that when the Messiah comes, he's going to restore God's kingdom on earth. So Jesus' message of the good news of the kingdom would have probably got their attention more than if we go out saying, hey, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, maybe that might get attention. People go, so what on earth are you talking about? So <laughs> maybe that might be something that you could say to people. Uh, but our modern society doesn't necessarily understand kingdom from a God's kingdom point of view, okay? But we do know that we have a gospel that is good news of salvation for people. And when people respond to the good news of salvation, that they then come into God's kingdom and the life that he has for them, okay? So in order to receive what God wants to give us, which basically is himself, and in giving us himself, we come into him and his kingdom, okay? In order to do that, we bring ourselves to him, we bring our lives to him, we bring our sin to him so that he can give us his forgiveness, he can give us his life and so that we can come into his kingdom, okay? So what I want us to do now for the next few minutes, going to give you a bit more time to do this, all right, is with the people again around your table, talk about, so what is the good news? If you were going to talk with a friend, somebody you've been building a relationship with, and, and you're going to talk about the good news. So two, two main parts of the, this, this conversation you're going to have. So what is the good news? And then secondly, how does somebody come into that good news? How can that become real for them? Okay. Now, try and use language that someone would really understand. You're talking to somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Okay. So have those conversations. And as part of that, give each other feedback. Okay. As to how did they understand what you were saying? Was that helpful? Was that clear? Was it simple? And have a bit of dialogue with each other like that to help one another. Okay. So what is the good news and how can somebody come into that? How does the good news become real for them? We'll see you in a few minutes. Great. So hopefully you've had some really good conversations. Maybe some of you are really used to doing this and others you were grappling with, well, how do I really communicate who Jesus is and what the good news is and, and, and how does somebody come into that? You know, the, the more we do this and, and in one sense practice and share with each other and give each other feedback, the more that's going to help us become more confident with talking about Jesus, who he is, what the Bible says about him, and, and I'm sure in the conversations that you had, you, you, you probably talked about the need, you know, uh, you talked about sin and the need to be forgiven. And that's why we just looked for a few minutes earlier. How would you describe sin to someone and explain that to somebody, okay? And then on the, 
and then along with that, so how do you explain good news and, and what Jesus has done? So I'm just going to say a couple of things that, that, in, that I kind of say to people, okay? I would just say, God, God has created us to know him and for us to be in relationship with him, okay? But there is, there's, there's a bit of a challenge, a bit of an issue for that to become a reality in our lives. Uh, and if we go right back to the beginning of creation, when God created man, he gave him free will, um, but man chose to act independently from God. And, and that was called sin. And that actually separated mankind from God and brought a separation there. And what it also did is it made us subsequently sinners, which means we are separated from God. But that's not God's heart for us to stay separated. His heart is that we would know him and be in relationship with him. Okay. So instead of leaving us as sinners, unacceptable to God and guilty because of sin, God wanted to do something to change that reality, okay, from being separated from him to, to then becoming a reality of us being able to know him. Okay. Um, but in order for someone to be free from sin or from being guilty, or in one sense, uh, committing a crime and, and needing to be punished for that. Instead, God, knowing that we couldn't handle the punishment that we deserved, he needed to do something and, and make a sacrifice on our behalf, okay, to take all the punishment that we deserve to be sinners. And he, he needed to punish a sacrifice that was sinless, that was not guilty, was innocent, to lay all the sin and all the punishment that we deserve on someone else or something else uh, so that we didn't have to face that punishment, so that we instead could be forgiven and made acceptable to God and made right with God and then able to come into a relationship with him. And that's what Jesus has done. He became that sacrifice. He became the one that went to the cross and on the cross, all of our sin and separation and guilt and punishment was laid upon him, put upon him, and he became guilty so that we could become innocent when we ask God to forgive us of all our sins and God amazingly forgives us. And then when we say to God, I give you my life, I want you to give me yours. He then comes and does that amazing exchange, an amazing miracle. He forgives, we give him his life and he comes into ours. And a relationship with God begins at that point. I mean, that's basically the kind of thing that I would say to someone uh, when really summing up, if you like, the conversations that we've had with people, friends over a period of time and just summing it up. And in subsequent weeks, we're going to go into one or two more practical things, okay, as to how we can do this uh, more readily. But what I want us to do now, okay, as we kind of draw things to a close this morning, is as part of our response, I want you just again in twos and threes, just to share for a few moments in relation to what we've been talking about today and the last few weeks, what is your next step this week, okay? What is sharing your life, sharing your faith and sharing Jesus gonna look like in the next few days, this coming week, okay? Then I want to encourage you, just pray for one another, as we seek to do that and live this in a very real way in the coming week, okay? So let's just encourage each other as we seek to live this out in the next few weeks. Let me just pray before you guys pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing amongst us at the moment. 
Father, I thank you, you're empowering us by your spirit, not to do this in our own strength, but to live this in the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I just thank you now, as we've been having conversations, talking and sharing together, when we pray together now, thank you for that fresh release of your spirit upon us to live out, sharing our lives, sharing our faith and sharing Jesus in this coming week. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Bless you guys. Have a great time of prayer. Have a fantastic week ahead. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.